We're back again here on the Hops and Spirits Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Green. Joining me today will be Peter Weiss, Marketing Manager for Lexington Brewing and Distilling in, of all places, Lexington, Kentucky. It's all in the name, right? He'll be talking a whole bunch of different things. We'll actually be talking beer and bourbon so check check that out. Stick around for that. Remember, you can find us on Instagram at Hop Spirits, all one word. And we're presented by One Sip Beer Review. One Sip Beer Reviews on Instagram, where they review beers from all across America, and also from time to time have some great giveaways. So check them out again on Instagram at One Sip Beer Review. And remember, if you need to find us somewhere to subscribe, go to gspodcast.com. It's the easiest way. Or search for Hops and Spirits on Spotify, Apple, Google, TuneIn, iHeart, you name it. That's where you can find us. And joining us now on the Hops and Spirits podcast is Peter Weiss, Marketing Manager for Lexington Brewing and Distilling in Lexington. Peter, thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Now, Lexington Brewing and Distilling, it has what I would call a very unique history. It's not, I, I enjoy the story of how it came to be. Because the late Pierce Lyons, uh, who, who founded Alltech and now his family runs, he bought a brewing system, but not for the reason many people would think. Can you explain kind of what was going through his mind back in the late 90s when he purchased what is now Lexington Brewing and Distilling? Absolutely. So um, it all goes back to his education. Um, Dr. Lyons was a uh, brewer and distiller by trade. Uh, he had a degree in, in fermentation a doctorate degree in fermentation, and uh, started out his career working at the, the Harp Brewery uh, over in Ireland, and then was instrumental in helping build the Middleton uh, Distillery uh, in Ireland that actually uh, uh, helped basically bring Jameson to what it is today. Um, that distillery was uh, what gave them the capacity to uh, to bring Jameson to the U.S. and, and to continue marketing it. So um, when he came to the U.S., he was working in uh, the fuel uh, the fuel alcohol industry, and um, uh, he used his his thesis to start Alltech, which is an all natural animal nutrition company, uh, and, and using yeast to help uh, develop. Uh, additives to animal feed to create a better and healthier animal on the farm. So uh, when the Lexington Brewing Company went up for sale in 1999, he saw this as his opportunity to get back into the industry that he loved. You know, his his original love uh, for working was brewing and distilling. So uh, the brewery was set up, um, you know, had a brew system that was being held together by duct tape at the time. And uh, he saw this as a, a cool opportunity to just open up uh, a little local craft brewery here in Lexington. And, um, and so the decision was made to, to purchase the, the facility and, uh, and he started to brew beer and uh, developed a recipe with some of his, his brewing friends, uh, which ended up being the original Kentucky Ale, Irish Red style beer. And um, it was really just a, a beer for him to have with his buddies and, and to a beer for him to have uh, to help promote the Alltech side of the business as well. So he would give six packs to farmers around the country. So when they opened up their fridge after a long, hard day, they would see the Alltech branding in their refrigerator and kind of uh, uh, give them a nod back to, hey, I'm using this awesome animal nutrition product to make my animals healthier and I get to enjoy beer at the end of the day. So uh, that was pretty much how the, the brewery started. 
Um, and it wasn't until uh, we put the beer into bourbon barrels that it really took off and became what it is today. I was say, I, I love the fact that, you know, it was one of those things that he would use to just, in a sense, entice people to, you know, think top of, of mind awareness of all, of all tech. And, and is it true that he would also, when he'd go to trade shows and other things, you know, that was not a bad way to get people to come and listen to, to what he had to offer too, right? <laughs> Everybody loves beer. And, uh, you know, if you can, if you can get a, a, a beer in a farmer's hand, they're a lot easier to talk to about uh, the nutrition uh, that goes into their cattle feed for sure. Now, pretty much that was the only beer they had was the Irish Red, or what is now known as the Irish Red, for a while. But what you guys are really now known for is the bourbon barrel beers. When did that kind of come along, and how did that kind of happen? Because I feel like it's, I don't want to call it mad scientist or anything like that, but I feel like <laughs> someone, you know, who goes, huh, let me put some beer in some bourbon barrels and see what happens. So how, how did that kind of start for, for Lexington Brewing? Well, our master brewer at the time uh, lived in Versailles, and, and he passed by uh, uh, Woodford Reserve Distillery every single day of the week. And, you know, this was back in the, the mid-2000s. Uh, distillers didn't know what to do with their empty barrels. They just had so many empty barrels. The, the bourbon boom was just getting started, and, and they were starting to produce more and more and more. Um, and they had all these barrels and, and couldn't, uh, couldn't send them all over to Scotland and Ireland and, and Canada for some other whiskeys. Um, so the, the master brewer at the time would drive by and, you know, he developed a relationship with some of the folks that worked there and said, hey, can I get some of these empty barrels? And at that point, they were just giving them away. So, um, you know, he would bring a few in his truck every day to work and, and put the beer in it just kind of as a side project. And it became a uh, an internal thing for Alltech to, you know, you got to taste some of this bourbon barrel aged beer that we've been working on. And, uh, it wasn't until about 2005, 2006 timeframe when, uh, uh, we brought our distributor at the time in for a meeting and to talk about, you know, how can we start to grow this, uh, Kentucky ale brand and kind of gave them a sip of this, uh, bourbon barrel aged Kentucky ale and it blew everyone away. They said, you've got to put this in a bottle and you've got to start packaging this. This is going to be your ticket right here. Um, and that was the push that uh, the Pierce Lions needed to develop that brand and start looking into ways to do it on a large scale and, and figure out ways to not only uh, have the space for barrel aging, but uh, figure out a, a source for a continuous supply of barrels. Um, and uh, it was in probably 2008 uh, when we when we put it into a, uh, a chain uh, restaurant here in Lexington, and that chain wanted it all over their entire footprint. And uh, that's when we started the expansion, and that's kind of what took Bourbon Barrel Ale into uh, into the next level. Well, and now it's not just you know the the, the generic you know kind of Bourbon Barrel. You guys pretty much put I don't want to say anything and everything. But if there's a flavor combination that you guys can think of, you know, whether, especially if it's seasonal, you know, strawberry, uh, different things like that. I'm guessing as time has gone on, you all have been able to develop, develop that side and kind of expand the bourbon barrel uh, franchise, so to speak. Yeah, we've got uh, a great process here. And, uh, you know, I tell everybody we're, we're one of the only breweries stupid enough to have our flagship be a barrel aged beer because, you know, every time you move beer, you lose beer. Uh, it, it takes a two-week process and turns it into a 10-week process for brewing. 
uh, and getting it packaged. But uh, yeah, we've had some fun with uh, with with the recipes over the course of the years. You know, using local ingredients. Uh, one of our biggest seasonals is our pumpkin uh, our pumpkin ale that we age in bourbon barrels, and that's made with uh, a pumpkin butter that's produced locally on a farm here in Kentucky. Um, you know, we've got a, a, a blackberry porter that we barrel age that, um, you know, the uh, uh, blackberry is a state fruit of Kentucky. So we really wanted to focus on, uh, on, on Kentucky traditions. And, you know, bourbon is so ingrained in the culture here in the state that, uh, that we really think we're delivering the flavors of the state with, with all of these recipes and brands that we're putting into barrels. Now, it's not just bourbon barrels that you, you all make, which that makes me happy because while I don't mind them, it's not like I can, you know, drink a ton of them at one time. You also have <laughs> things like, like the coal shit and other things. Uh, what I, I'm guessing up until recently though, what, what made you guys, you still had the Irish red and the Kolsch. Uh, what, what all did you guys offer? And then it seems like you're starting to expand some offerings uh, from what I've seen lately. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we had uh, some non-barrel aged beers for quite a while, you know, uh, an IPA. We've had a, a German style Kolsch, uh, of course, the Irish Red Ale, which is uh, the same beer as Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale, just not aged in the barrels. Um, we kind of all set around about three years ago and wanted to develop a brand that was uh, our secondary brand to Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale. And we wanted to deliver those those you know, bourbon barrel flavors, the sweetness, the caramel, the vanillas, um, but wanted to make it in a, in a, I don't want to say lighter version because it's not a light beer by any means, but uh, a more approachable drinkable version. And uh, vanilla barrel cream ale is what came out of that meeting. And, and that's been a huge success for us. Um, it's a, it's a vanilla cream ale brewed with flaked corn, uh, traditional cream ale style that we age in bourbon barrels. Um, that's been a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, recently we've uh, just this past year, you know, not not the greatest of years to to launch new brands, but uh, we pushed through anyway, and and we've seen some success with the new tropical IPA, a uh, uh, Belgian style white ale, uh, uh, a golden lager, and then of course we have our uh, hard teas, which are also barrel aged, that uh, that have been a huge hit for us this year. Uh, with all of the uh, seltzer craze and the the, the F&B craze going on right now, uh, these teas have been uh, a lot of fun to work on for. It's just something different uh, using a different recipe than, than a traditional beer recipe. We're talking with Peter Weiss, marketing manager for Lexington Brewing and Distilling. And Peter, one thing I did notice about the newer ones, uh, pretty much for the longest time, y'all have been in bottles. But the Pilsner, mm -hmm. the the light, uh, the tropical IPA, things like that, have been in cans. Why why the difference there? Because you know, um, you could have just kind of stuck with what was working. Is that to kind of separate them not being the bourbon barrels and there being something slightly different? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something different. Um, you know, uh, the can craze is is all over the place. There's even a can shortage right now uh, across the brewing uh, industry. Uh, even the soda industry is struggling to find cans right now, but um, uh, people love beers and cans. It makes it uh, easily accessible to take it to the pool, to uh, the golf course, hiking, going into venues, those sorts of things. Um, Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale is, and, and its sister brands and that Kentucky brand family and barrel age brand family for us, uh, they're taking up quite a bit of space on our, on our bottling line. 
Um, so if we really wanted to expand and, and develop some new brands and, and get into some new markets, Cans was the only option for us. So um, it was uh, last year about this time we made the decision to uh, purchase a canning line and have it installed in our facility, uh, our barrel aging facility. And uh, that canning line came online uh, in January of this year. And we started uh, pumping all of these new brands through and, and uh, doing what we could to, uh, uh, to keep up with that demand. And, and you know, now we're looking at how we can continue to expand that canning line to keep up with, uh, with all that's being asked of it right now. And I will say I've tried the mammoth white and it is delicious and, and very refreshing with that <laughs> orange peel and coriander, uh, you know, notes that hit you there. So, uh, I haven't got it's to really it. funny because that's, I was just gonna say, it's really funny because that's, uh, the one brand that sells out when we go to events and when we're, when we're out promoting our own brands and, and we go to these community events, that is the first one that sells out every single time. And, uh, and that was what, pushed us to to take that brand and, and put it into a can, give it its own branding and actually get it out in the market. Well, it's delicious. I haven't got to try the charismatic uh, Pilsner yet, uh, but I'm looking forward to giving, giving that a try. I know that's the newest one that you, y'all have released. Uh, now, I, I, I remember we, we talked a long time ago kind of about the history when I worked at, at the newspaper. Now, is it true mm-hmm. that when, because you can do you can you still get cans of the bourbon barrel uh um kind of the original bourbon barrel ale um because i remember you telling me why you guys had it and i thought that was a great story (laughs) yeah absolutely so kentucky bourbon barrel ale is back in cans uh we had a short uh hiatus there for a little while when we were uh uh going from a, a contract canning company to actually purchasing our own canning line so uh, it, the, the Kentucky bourbon barrel ale and the vanilla cream ale are both available in cans now. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, it all started, at least those two, uh, started because of, of the late Pierce Lyons and wanting it in a certain hotel when he visited, correct? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So he actually had a, uh, a stake in a new hotel in Lexington and, uh, their refrigerators were only sized to hold cans. So, uh, you know, that was kind of the tipping point. We had been discussing it. We've been talking about it. But uh, the true tipping point was, uh, was getting it into those hotel refrigerators because uh, they could only fit the cans. And that was the, uh, the push we needed. I, I love that. It, you know, sometimes practical needs, you know, you just need a beer in the fridge at the hotel. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, uh, I know... Uh, back in the day before we switched to another brand that, that y'all have, uh, you guys also partnered with uh, Western Kentucky University to kind of help them out and, and get things going there. Is that still the case? And, and how, if so, how's that going? So that partnership has since ended, but uh, yes, we did have a brewery, a small uh, seven barrel brew system uh, down in Bowling Green. Uh, we had rented a space down there and the goal was to develop a brewing and distilling degree uh, with the university in partnership with the university. So they would basically teach the class and we would use uh, our brewers and our recipes to help teach the students how, you know, the science and the art behind developing recipes and the business side of brewing in terms of cost analysis and, uh, you know, it costs money to move beer, it costs money to package beer. And, um, you know, when, when these home brewers, uh, want to start a new brewery, 
you know, everybody is extremely smart in terms of the brewing sciences and they've been home brewing forever and they've developed these great recipes, but there is a business end to it of running a brewery. Um, you know, you've got to have employees, you've got to have, uh, you know, capital investment to get the equipment and none of that was being taught anywhere. So we really wanted it to be a business focused brewing and distilling course. And so uh, we partnered with the university. Uh, they were great in terms of uh, developing out the classes and uh, uh, we brought the students in. They, they brewed their own uh, recipes. They had different options in terms of uh, going into brewing or distilling focus. It was a great partnership. Um, they, have, uh, they still have that uh, degree down there, uh, but they just use their own uh, large scale homebrew system instead of our seven barrel system. So that, uh, that brew system we actually brought back here to Lexington and it's our pilot brew system now where we uh, try new things, we experiment with new recipes and, uh, and so that one is still cranking for us. That, that, that's awesome to, to, to hear that, you know, uh, it's, it's back home and that that program at least is still going because obviously the bourbon or the uh, craft brewing industry is expanding and you need uh, a lot of good people to help it keep expanding. Uh, you, you touched on this earlier. You guys expanded into the hard teas uh, with the bourbon barrel hard tea, the half and half, and even the, uh, the hard tea peach. Uh, what, what made you guys try, the, try that route? Because, I mean, obviously I know the seltzers and things like that are, are coming along, but, you know, you guys already kind of have a few different things. You got beer and bourbon. Why, why go that way? Is that just to kind of maybe hit the whole family? Yeah, so the reason we did that, um, there's actually an old story. Uh, one of our one of our distributors uh, has a long history in the bourbon industry, and he always came to us and he told us this story about you know after a long hot day of work in uh, moving barrels and and filling barrels and emptying barrels at the distillery, uh, all of these workers would uh, take some. Uh, sun tea, basically tea made throughout the heat of the sun throughout the day, and they would dump it into the bourbon barrels and they would just kick those bourbon barrels back and forth and then dump that liquid over some ice and that would be their homemade cocktail after a long, hard day's work. So, um, you know, that story always kind of stuck with us as, you know, our barrel aging expertise plus uh, some little bit of uh, distillery lore from back in the day. And, and so that that brand originated out of that story. Uh, so we actually take uh, all natural uh, black tea and we steep it in, uh, in bourbon barrels for at least six weeks. And that's what, uh, what comes out the other end is, is the bourbon barrel hard tea. So we add just a hint of carbonation, just a hint of, uh, of citrus and uh, they're great brands for us and, and they've been doing very well. It's absolutely delicious. We're talking with Peter Weiss, marketing manager for Lexington Brewing and Distilling in Lexington, Kentucky. Now, if, if for those listening, if you heard the name Brewing and Distilling, it's not just the bourbon barrels they make or the hard tea, but in uh, 2012, uh, y'all launched a, a brand new thing called uh, Town Branch. Uh, what, what brought you guys into the, the bourbon industry? I mean, I know we're in bourbon country, but was there more mm -hmm. to it than just that? <laughs> well, uh, I'll tell you, the, uh, the story starts in uh, about 2007. Um, our, our master distiller, Mark Kaufman, tells it best, but uh, uh, he got a phone call from Dr. Lyons one day and said, you know, I would love to start making whiskey uh, at our facility. And, you know, Mark kind of 
chuckled to him and said, well, you know, Dr. Lines, the, the line for stills is out the door and around the corner. You won't be able to get stills in here for five years minimum. And so uh, Dr. Lyons says, okay, well, let's just keep that in, in the back of our minds. And uh, on a business trip, he ran into uh, one of the owners of a, of a, a still manufacturer in Scotland, uh, Forsyth. And the guy said, well, I've got these two stills uh, that are probably about the right size for you. And they're sitting in my back lot. And the guys who originally commissioned us to build them have not made a payment on it. So if you can make a payment on it, I'll give them to you. So that day he called up um, Master Distiller and Mark Hoffman and said, uh, uh, Mark, I'm going to prove you wrong. I found some stills. So had them shipped over and we actually installed them into the middle of our brewery uh, back in 2008 and had our first uh, distillation in uh, September of 2008. And it was a single malt whiskey. So uh, Dr. Lyons actually wanted, uh, you know, Mark said that, uh, Mark Kaufman said, uh, okay, do you want me to start making some bourbon? He said, no, I'm an Irishman. I want an Irish whiskey. Uh, so we made a hundred uh, percent American single malt whiskey, just like they do over in Ireland. And, uh, that is what is now town branch malt, uh, which is age stated seven years and, uh, is our most awarded whiskey still to this day. You, you, you gotta love a man that just knows what he wants. And that was definitely the, the <laughs> Pierce line. <laughs> I mean, well, uh, and, and what I've learned, what I've learned in this industry is, is a lot of the times if you just brew or distill or make a product that you like yourself, it's going to be successful because there are other people that want that same thing out there. And, uh, I know there's a lot of breweries that, uh, that use that as their, as their taglines, but I think, uh, uh, anybody that's in this industry will tell you, uh, they're brewing and distilling what they want to drink specifically because that is, uh, that's the flavor profiles that are going to shine through. Well, and then eventually, I'm guessing you did add a bourbon and and a few other other products to go with it, correct? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, after that uh, first run in 2008 of the malt whiskey, uh, uh, we got a few barrels of that down, and that's when when we started to craft our bourbon recipe um, and and develop that. And that's what was launched in 2012 was the uh was the town branch bourbon we got on the kentucky bourbon trail uh which brought the the trail into lexington uh so to this day we're still the only uh the only distillery on the main bourbon trail in in the city uh and then in uh i think it was 2015 we released town branch rye which is a uh, uh which is a straight uh rye whiskey and, and for those that don't know, the name Town Branch, you, you, you all have done well with finding things that are, you know, played to Lexington, obviously Lexington Brewing. I mean, that's, that's pretty self-explanatory. Mm -hmm. But Town Branch, for those that may not know about um, Lexington, actually runs, well, kind of runs underneath that part of town. But there, there is, this, uh, that is kind of uh, a creek that runs through the area, correct? Yeah, so that uh, the town branch is actually the uh, town branch of the Elkhorn uh, of the Elkhorn Creek, and the town branch is the waterway uh, on which Lexington was founded. So uh, it used to run above ground all the way through town. Uh, they covered it up uh, uh, back in the uh, I guess the twenties, I would say, and they are uh, looking at uh, raising it back up above ground, but. Uh, you can still go over to the distillery district in 
uh, in Lexington and see the town branch running. There were once you know, 25 distilleries on the town branch and uh, that all went away uh, throughout the 70s and 80s. And so we wanted to, to bring back that distilling heritage in the city of Lexington. And, uh, and so town branch was the way to do that. Talking with Peter Weiss, marketing manager of Lexington Brewing and Distilling. They have the Kentucky Ales the, uh, on the, the beer side. They have Hard Tea, and they also have the Town Branch Distillery. Now, if people want to go and enjoy the, the tours, are those still going on with everything going on, or, or how, do, how is that working uh, for the Town Branch Bourbon and the, the Bourbon Trail? Well, unfortunately, right now we are uh, temporarily shut down to visitors. Uh, we, uh, you know, we definitely are going to open back up and we'll definitely give tours and tastings again, but we want to make sure that we're doing it in the safest way possible for uh, not only our visitors, but our staff as well. So, um, so the best way to, to, to keep up on that is to follow us on social media at Lexington Brewing Co. or uh, at Town Branch Bourbon on any of the social media platforms and uh, we'll be announcing as soon as we're back up and running for tours and tastings. I was going to say, I'm guessing this was not the kind of year y'all were, were expecting. And, you know, I mean, you launched a hard tea, you launched some, some new beers. I'm guessing that was not in the marketing and the business plan either. No, no, it was not. You know, we had a, we had a huge plan set up for, uh, for, for tastings and, and getting out and talking to the public and introducing these new brands to people. And um, unfortunately we got, uh, we had to take a step back and, and reevaluate, you know, the best uh, way to do this and, and the safest way to, to launch the brand. And, you know, we've been very lucky with uh, our distribution partners and our retail partners that uh, they did embrace all of our new products um without the big marketing push behind it knowing that uh uh that retail was going to do well this year and 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 you know seeing the trends of people going to shop uh for for beer and spirits uh instead of going to bars and restaurants for the time being um they, they really did embrace these brands for us and, and helped helped us out getting them out to people uh but we still have a lot of work to do you know there's still um uh, there's still plenty of folks that, uh, that haven't heard of them. And, and so we're going to, we're going to jump back on board as soon as it's safe to do so and, uh, and get out in front of folks and, and taste and host events and, and get back to the, the way things were. Now, now I will say this, you can pretty much find most of, of y'all's products just about everywhere because again, Pierce Lyons, pretty much wherever he was at wanted to have a, a drink of it. And I, you know, I, I found that part <laughs> of, of the story is great because you, you're in, over 20 states, multiple countries. I mean, you guys are pretty much a worldwide brand now. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, we're just a small piece of the, of the, uh, the brewing and distilling business that we have. Um, we've got a brewery and distillery over in Ireland. The brewery is located in Dundalk, which is, uh, which is Dr. Lyons' hometown. And then we have an uh, Irish whiskey distillery in uh, the Liberties of Dublin. So it's right across the street from from the Guinness Brewery, uh, St. James Gate, and uh, that is a great uh, great story of a of an old um, uh, deconsecrated church that uh, uh, the Lyons family purchased and renovated back to its original condition, and have turned it into a distillery now. Well, and then you guys also uh, you have the dueling barrels down in Pikeville. Uh, that's that's rather new. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So Dueling Barrels is in uh, in right downtown Pikeville, Kentucky. And, uh, you know, the goal with that facility was really to uh, increase the tourism dollars and uh, and tax revenue going into eastern Kentucky, which has uh, uh, been a place that's seen a resurgence over the last uh, over the last few years. And and we're really hoping to uh, to help out the communities there. Um, again, that place is uh, is got a uh, sister brewing system as to what we have here in Lexington. So it is of considerable size and uh, and we have that place churning out uh, almost 24 seven brewing uh, as of now. Well, well, Peter, it sounds like you guys have got some, some great things going on just right now, you know, regardless of being in the middle of a pandemic and some, some cool things uh, <laughs> moving, moving forward. I always like to finish things off and ask what's next. I mean, you guys have done beer, you've done hard tea, you've done bourbon. I mean, where, where do you guys go from here? Well, our goal is really to, uh, to continue to develop out flavors that pair well with, with bourbon and bourbon barrel aging. Um, you know, we've got uh, uh, a great lineup of, of seasonals uh, coming down the line. Um, we've got our pumpkin coming out. Actually, it's shipping out next week. Um, and uh, hopefully by the time it hits store shelves, the, the weather will cool down a little bit. Um, but, uh, no, we've got some, some fun projects with our seasonal series coming up. Uh, uh, we've got a peppermint porter. Uh, uh, our blackberry porter is making a return for next year. And then uh, we've got a, a couple more flavors of this hard tea that we think are really going to do well. And, and we're excited to get those out in the market as well. Now, now I have to ask this last question, because obviously the town branch uh, bourbon has their own, you know, tasting facility and tours. Will we ever one day get that for the Kentucky beers? <laughs> well, uh, good news is that the, uh, the Kentucky legislature uh, has been looking favorably upon, upon the brewing industry in the state of Kentucky. And, uh, and so, yes, we do have the ability to, uh, to serve pints and for people to, to come by and, and talk beer with us and, and enjoy a pint of uh, whatever brand that they, uh, that they prefer, whether it's the bourbon barrel ale or, or any of our new uh, IPAs, white ales, lagers, any of those sorts of brands. So uh, we do have the ability to do that. Um, uh, we don't have uh, a tap room per se as, as some other breweries in town, uh, but we do, we do enjoy uh, having people come in and, and enjoy a pint while we talk about beer. Oh, that's awesome, Peter. I really appreciate you talking beer, bourbon, and some hard tea with us today here on the Hops and Spirits podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you again to Peter Weiss, marketing manager for Lexington Brewing and Distilling in Lexington, Kentucky. They do it pretty much all of it. They do beer bourbon whiskey and even hard tea now so pretty much something for the whole family if you ask me remember you can find the hops and spirits podcast on instagram at hops spirits all one word hops spirits all one word on instagram keep up with our shenanigans and we're also going to be debuting some cool new stuff down the road so make sure you follow us there also follow me on twitter and instagram the host jonathan green at jm green gs that's it jm green with an e gs and remember to follow our sponsor one sip beer review on instagram at one sip beer review and before i go i gotta give you this little tease coming up for our 10th episode we're gonna do something fun so keep a lookout on our instagram page and listen to that podcast and all the past podcasts if you need a little extra help go to gspodcast.com until next time cheers everyone cheers everyone